Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. It is the December 23rd episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It is your Christmas Eve Eve episode of the show, and boy, oh boy, is it cold outside. I'm Chris, and with me, as always, is John. Hey, listeners, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. If you haven't done so already, please do subscribe to the show. That'll get you the newest episodes as soon as they're available. Also, we're over on Twitter at Um Yeah Sports. Uh, go f- give us a follow, and you can get your sports news and information anal- analysis and whatnot between podcast episodes right there on uh, on the old Blue Bird. Hey, man, how are you? Doing well. How are you? I am good, man. It is one cold day outside today. I think that is the case all over most of the country. We are down here in the south, and it is 10 degrees out right <laughs> yep. now. That's pretty cold. I'm not used to that. I grew up in, in Tampa, and it's uh, it's a lot warmer there than here, although they're going to get pretty cold too. So there you go. All right. The Jets played last night in uh, in the rain against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars. The Jaguars, who seem to be emerging uh, as a team, uh, coming together under Doug Peterson down there in Jacksonville. Uh, but uh, Zach Wilson, I, 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 I read some things about uh, Zach Wilson, and I think most people are ready to be done with Zach Wilson in New York. What do you think? Yeah, it seems like most people are jumping uh, ship from from Zach Wilson. Uh, their head coach, Robert Salas, said that they're not done with Zach Wilson and that there's there's still stuff up ahead. And, okay. But last time they said that they put Mike White in and they kept Mike White in until um, until he got injured. And then they didn't want to use Joe Flacco, so they went back to Zach Wilson. Now Mike White's still de- dealing with the injury with the ribs. He'll be back in, I think, a couple weeks. Uh, their playoff hopes pretty much slipped away with that game and having like 44 rushing yards in the entire first half, doing nothing offensively the entire game. Him getting replaced by not Joe Flacco, but their fourth string guy. Um, I got to play the Canada Football League and bounced around in college, and now he's here. I uh, never heard of him before, and then he came in and, and tried, and, but nothing really went uh, for this Jets team. And now after getting beaten, I think, 18-3 to uh, at the end of the day, and the Jaguars looking pretty good, and the, the Jets looking pretty bad. After the Jets looked really good the start of the season, I think they were like seven and three, and then all of a sudden have gone on a on a, a losing streak to get to seven and eight. Um, and they're trying to you know hold on to the playoff spot. I think a, a last podcast we talked about their playoff position. I think they were sitting at just behind the Patriots at eighth, I believe it was. Uh, and now you know they're just trying to stay alive and find some type of footing. Um, but I think you know right before Zach Wilson got uh, drafted at number two. Uh, all over, you know, talk radio, um, everyone was talking about how Zach Wilson never actually played anyone yeah. in college. It right. was he's BYU, so it wasn't yep. like he was playing anyone of any sort of value. As an SEC quarterback, where you have to go through the ringer to get to the NFL, he was, you know, destroying, you know, Division One um, or even lower lower Division One, Division Two schools. So he wasn't playing anyone of any sort of value. You come to the NFL, and these teams are always good. No matter how bad they are, they're way better than anything you'd face in college, especially where he was playing in college. And now you're right. kind of seeing the the results of drafting a guy like that out of college at number two when, you know, you may have should have hold it off or maybe draft uh, Mac Jones, who sat there forever and given him a shot. Someone like that that, you know, was 
can't play the game football a little bit better. Um, and it's also a little bit of immaturity from Zach Wilson. Um, you know, the way he responded after the loss a couple weeks ago and which resulted in his benching and some of the mistakes that he's making with the football, being careless with the football. Uh, so immaturities like that uh, on the football field have kind of kept him in a situation where he can't grow and get to the next level um, with this team. And obviously the coach is going to say, you know, try to stay, fa- uh, you know, stay ahead um, and say something like, you know, uh, you know, we're sticking with Zach Wilson. You know, we're not done. We're not quitting on him. But you have to say that when you draft uh, this guy number two overall, you're not gonna, yeah. you know, just you know walk out on him. Uh, if he was drafted way later, then this would be a completely different story. But we're in a situation where I think Mike White should be the number one quarterback. There's a different level of um, it's just a different. There's two different teams. You got the Zach Wilson led team, and you got the Mike White level uh, led team. And when this team's under Mike White, they seem to have a little bit more edge, a little more swagger, a little bit more physicality, a little more wanting to be there. With Zach Wilson, it just kind of feels like there's an air of, you know, we're kind of done with this kid. We want to move on to, you know, Mike White, which is surprising because, you know, Mike White last season played a few games. They were trying to figure stuff out. Um, But I think, you know, Zach Wilson needs to figure it out quick. He needs to figure out what type of quarterback he is. He needs to fix things up a little bit and get it on the right track so he can try to start winning games because you know what this team can do. You know they can play well. You know they could be good teams um, if they could figure out the quarterback situation and and figure that all out. But I feel like as soon as Mike White becomes available to play, I don't feel like they're going to look back at Zach Wilson other than a second-string guy, which isn't going to—he's not going to like that. I think he's going to want to try to force a trade to get to another squad, but the problem is who's going to sign him at this point because every team is in that transition uh, phase a little bit to getting their new guy. Tennessee, like we'll talk about in a few minutes, they're in a situation where they're switching to Malik Willis, Lamar Jackson, obviously, in, in, in Baltimore. Um, you know, when Tom Brady leaves um, the Patriot or the, <laughs> the Bucks. Um, that will be more running quarterback as well. So we're kind of in that transition phase. So where Zach Wilson fits, you know, that's kind of his decision where he's how well he plays from now on. But yeah, the 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 Jets, the New York um, fans, they're not very loyal to the uh, to the quarterback, to the players. They want wins. Uh, they got the head coach that can get them those wins, and now we're trying to figure out who the quarterback is. But in my opinion, Mike White will become the quarterback when he becomes available. All right, so you alluded to this. Let's just go ahead and jump in and talk about it. Uh, Malik Willis is going to be taking the helm for a, an injured Ryan Tannehill who's out for the season, right? Yep. So uh, so this playoff run will belong uh, to Mr. Willis, and we'll see what he can do. And if he if he has a, a good run, that probably spells the end of Tannehill in, in Tennessee. Is that right? I feel like that's been kind of a long time in in the making uh, because last season they were in the t- uh, in the in the playoffs and Ryan Tannehill threw like four interceptions on the way to a loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, um, and you know really stalled at the end of the season, couldn't get really their footing, um, and that's kind of how it's been with Ryan Tannehill coming to this season. Malik Willis, um, who's been playing really well, seems like a great guy off the field. Um, and, and, and is doing everything that's necessary to help this team. I think he's got a ton of upside. I think he's got a good arm. Um, he can launch anywhere on the field. He's got a, a lot of uh, good legs. He could do. He does, he's got a lot of the pieces to become really good. He just needs to be on the field playing and figuring things out. And I think he'll do. I think he'll do well. It's definitely, um, I think a more exciting. 
I think, style yeah. quarterback to watch than Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I think he's he's young, so he's experimenting a little bit with his legs, trying to figure things out and work through all the uh, steps and everything like that. Vrabel seems like a wonderful coach to be teaching him and kind of getting him in the right situation. But I think Tannehill leaving uh, this organization has been inevitable for a couple years now. I think it's just kind of a long, drawn-out process where the test times are trying to figure out when the best time is to get him out of the door and, and let the next quarterback come in, which is Malik Willis at this point. Uh, Malik Willis does a great job at the quarterback position if he gets some wins uh, and and you know plays well in the playoffs which I'll probably end up being in. Uh, if they could do that and he could play well in his first playoff performance and and prove that he's a viable option, uh, not just a Band-Aid, but a long-term solution, then I think, you know, we see Brian Tannehill play his last, uh, last game in, in Tennessee. I think this team is, you know, really good. I think they've got Traylon Burks, who's been playing really well. They've got Robert Woods, who's been playing well. You know, they got the pieces. They got the defense. They, they just need to figure out who that quarterback is that's going to be able to take the next step with this team and get them to wins. And Ryan Tannehill just doesn't seem like he's at that spot right now. Now, otherwise, in the league, I think he could find a home uh, somewhere in the league. Um, where that is, I don't know. Things are get tossed around all offseason about where he'll land, everywhere he'll go. I think he'll land a spot, but I think Tennessee uh, is looking more to the future now. I think that's what happened when they fired their GM uh, randomly in the middle of the season, which was kind of a surprise to a lot of yeah. people. Um, but I think that's just a testament to the owner wanting – um, the younger, uh, you know, moving to the next steps, um, trying to figure out what their identity is going to be for the next couple of years. Um, but I like Malik Willis. I think he's got a ton of upside. I think out of the rookie quarterbacks that have come out of this draft, I think Zappi um, has played well this season. I think Kenny Pickett is growing and learning. And I think Malik Willis are the, probably the top three out of the rookie guys that we've seen um, this season. I think Malik Willis has a, can be very good. Um, if given the opportunity and if he could dial in that deep ball, I think it could be as good as anyone in the league um, given time. Um, and I think he needs to just, you know, use his legs a lot, figure out how to ways to improvise and play well, but also be safe. Um, don't try to do the same things that Josh Allen does in that in that nature and, and take a lot of hits. Be careful with all that. But I think he's got a ton of upside. I think he can really lead this uh, times offense to a lot of wins if they use him and ride him in the correct way. So I'm excited to watch it. I think, you know, Saturday, almost said Sunday, but Saturday um, we'll be, uh, uh, be able to see what's going on um, a little bit more with him and, and see where he lies. But it's good to see him kind of start to get a little bit of his foot, uh, get a little bit of feeding on there and, and see if he can figure out uh, what he needs to do to win some football games and should be fun. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I, I look forward to seeing uh, how that how that all goes. So Saturday is going to be kind of the big NFL day this weekend, right? Because yeah. of Sunday being Christmas. Uh, there will be games on Sunday. I think there's three games, right? And then one on Monday night. Um, yeah, three, which is the Dolphins and the Packers, the Rams and the Broncos, and then the Cardinals versus the Bucks, And then you got Colts versus uh, Chargers on Monday night. Okay. So the Sunday night game is the Tampa-Arizona game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a um, little controversy uh, swelled up around Mr. Gronkowski uh, tweet he, he put out there saying he was bored. Um, but then today, it looks like something came out about him. I guess Bowles said that uh, they had a conversation earlier in the season about him potentially coming back at some point, um, and that maybe there was also contact in the uh, Thanksgiving time frame about a you know coming joining for a run. Um, you think this is going to go anywhere and turn into Gronk, Gronk uh, strapping on another jersey there and and hitting the field as the as the Bucks make the playoffs in the with a losing record in the NFC South and maybe make a run? It's a whole new you know it's a whole new season. If you put a yeah. you know put 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 some, another weapon on the on the field, why not? I think you know t- Gronkowski reaching out um, 
solidifies a little bit more for me than, you know, just him tweeting on board. Um, because, you know, once he reaches out, yeah, Todd Bowles basically downplayed it and basically said, you know, oh, that doesn't mean anything um, because, you know, he's saying, I think about playing, usually I don't think anything about that, which could be a, one of two things. One, it could be him trying to sh- um, put all the other teams at bay and try to force them not to sign him because, you know, like, oh, we're not, a, you know, not a threat. Don't rush into this or anything like that. You know, Tampa's not going to move yeah. at him. Or it could be legitimately he actually doesn't think, you know, so you think this got put out in response to other things happening with Gronkowski? Well, I know there's two teams that have reached out to him uh, since that post has come out. Eagles have been tossed around a lot as a team that you know Gronkowski could play for. That's something that has been talked about a lot. Um, I don't know who the second team was, but I know he like him calling and saying stuff, and Tom Brady constantly being in contact with Gronkowski. Um, you know, the, the chemistry that they've already built over the years, it kind of feels like he'd come in at any point and succeed and help the team out. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't see him going and just going to some random right. team. Right, just randomly. Because that's um, like a lot of work and a lot of beating in a, you know, in cold weather at this stretch. Especially and the Eagles. Like, that's like, I don't know. There's already a lot of weapons there. You know, Tampa clearly needs him. Mm-hmm. Well, they've got two things that, or they've got one thing that no other team has. they got Tom Brady. That's right. Uh, and and their friendship and, and you know, the amount of time they spend co- uh, contacting and talking to one another. That's where he would go if he comes back. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Um, I think, you know, he's he's he wants to play again. I think he's just about, you know, the correct situation. Are they in the playoffs? Uh, who are they playing? Stuff like that. Yeah, he doesn't want to come back. And if, if it's they're not, not going to be a win, yeah. If they're not going to make the, well, what I'm saying is, if they're not going to make the playoffs, he's not going to come of back course. to like finish out a losing mm-hmm. season. He's no. not going to do that, right? If they're in a situation where they're winning, I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to put his foot in the door. Like, hey, just don't forget about me. You know, I'm, 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 I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm available. You know, I'm keeping a watch of what the season's doing. Uh, if you guys are going to be in the playoffs, I might be open to coming back and and finishing it out yeah. with Tom Brady. Yeah. And, and just that's, enjoying the I think final that's ride. it. I think if Tampa gets into the playoffs, he comes back. Uh, maybe he spends the next couple of weeks getting ready for that. Like maybe he's like maybe he's already preparing. He's hiring people to like you know he stands in the middle of a warehouse and people run at him and you know <laughs> knock him over. You it's know? the genius of being Gronkowski. You know I'm gonna retire now, okay? And you know uh, I'm gonna wait to the end of the season. Let's sure, see if they're gonna be in the playoffs. I mean, you can only do that. He's gonna be back. able to do that. You know, a couple years, right? Oh no, like, it's not like he could do that forever. I'm just right. saying, right? He's not gonna do it when Tom Brady retires. There's no reason to. Yeah. Um, but you know. But yeah. while it's happening, why not? Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I always, you know, everyone always said that you know Tom Brady or Gronkowski's not fully retired. Uh, and why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you just finish it out with your friend and and, and sure. play as much as you can and see if you can win another Super Bowl ring? I mean, I think there's so. no law downside. I don't think so. I think it's a good idea. All right. Well, I'm all for it. So you're um, a Tampa fan as well. So you're so, all for that. Yeah. So uh, Gronk, if you want to come back, come on. Yeah, more come than on. welcome. Come on back, Rob. Take you back on the team. Okay. Let's jump from the NFL. Let's talk a little NBA just for a few minutes. And you and I haven't talked in the NBA. I don't know if you've been talking when you and Reagan. Yeah, jump we did on. a little bit about the Celtics a couple weeks ago or a couple podcasts ago. Okay. All right. So what's going on with the Pelicans? Um. I think the yeah. So I was looking at the different footage of the Pelicans. Yeah. Uh, a lot of teams, or a lot of uh, people, have been talking about the Pelicans as the best team in the West and and all of that. Um, the more as I watched the last couple of games, games against the Spurs, and then oh, who did they play? I'm blanking on their name right now. Oh yes, uh, the Bucks. Uh, the last two games, the the Spurs game, you can like. It wasn't a competition. The Spurs didn't put up any sort of fight. Their record shows. I think they're like ten and twenty right now. They're not a team that's any sort of threat. Uh, but I noticed two things consistently in those two games. I like to watch multiple games stretch so I can see any um, 
anything that's repeating, anything that you can hold on to to see if there's anything in this team. One of the things is they are they whenever someone drives inside the paint, they you know they always watch the person driving. They don't watch the perimeter guys. So maybe they're in a general vicinity of them, but as soon as they kick back, if that ball is launched up immediately or relatively immediately, they have no ability to get back in time. So it's usually an open three, which is usually an opportunity for them to dominate. The Bucks did a tremendous job of using that to their advantage. Um, they drove inside and they kicked back out, and there was usually a guy with no one in front of them, or there was a guy coming back, and it was an easy three, wide open three, uh, easy knockdown. That's one of the issues. Um, the other issue is they are terrible against centers. Um, if a center gets inside, like Giannis, uh, and, and they can get to the rack, it's usually an N1. I mean, Giannis in like the first half, I think, had like nine, eight of nine on uh, free, uh, free throw attempts. Um, like three or four of those for and ones. He was inside dominating. He was getting fouled a ton, uh, as the eight of nine for free throws would uh, would tell you. So that's another of their weaknesses. As soon as if they can get inside and they can start bullying you, they struggle with you know uh, stopping it. And the other last weakness I noticed um, a lot of was they are a team that either is playing really well or playing very crappily as far as shooting is concerned. Um, they launch up threes. Uh, or they're just mid-range jumpers. With the players that they have, you would expect them to all to drop. But even if they're wide open, they they get on these little streaks where they are very cold shooting and everything is missing. Those are the opportunities for other teams to absolutely hang points on them. Those are the opportunities for teams to come back a little bit. We saw that in the Spurs game where they came a little bit closer. Not that they were going to get close all that close because they really couldn't. But with the Bucks, I mean, they had times where they were up 10, 15, or 10, 12 points on them. And then all of a sudden, the, you know, the Pelicans finally found their footing again, came back, and then they slipped back again. And then they did a little bit more, and then they slipped back. And unfortunately, they slipped back at the end of the game, causing them to lose against the Bucks. Um, but it's it's really surprising because I think this team has all the pieces to be really good, but they've got to play better on the perimeter. They've got to lock that down way better. Uh, and they've got to have someone inside willing to meet the center in the paint and not foul him, but get up there and try to block it, try to, try to dominate a little bit, try to force him around a little bit. Because when they get in there, that's when they start to lose games. That's when the things start to get bad for them. That's when things start to slip around a little bit and things don't really work out the way you'd really hope them to. Um, and on top of that, they also need to work on, you know, uh, turnovers. There's a lot of turnover issues in the Bucks game, less in the Spurs game, but, you know, still there, that if they can clean that up, they could be really good. I've always thought this Pelicans team has a really good starting five and some really good rookies that they use in the other starting – or the the bench players, uh, that when they have them on the floor and they mit, uh, mix-match them, they can be really good. They could be really dangerous. But they've got to be able to do a let, better job of hitting all the shots that they have available for them. They can't always – they feel like they always get in these really bad rhythms where they just start to um, slack off a little bit. Now, obviously, basketball is a game where momentum switches every two seconds. It's just – and if you start to slide, it is very hard to stop that slide because there's no plays like in the NFL where it's like, okay, the, you know, that play was a bad play. Let's slow things down. There's a play clock. With the NBA, you have to keep going because you only have 22 seconds to shoot that ball. So you need to get the ball in your hands and shoot it. But it's hard to slow down because then you already started to slide. So I understand that at points, teams are going to have bad defense, defensive possessions, bad shooting. But this is more than bad shooting. When you miss all your shots for a sequence of like two minutes – just off the back iron, off the back iron, off the back iron. And then on the other side, they're dominating you inside and you're letting open wide open threes uh, and things are just not working out the way you would really hope them to. Uh, you can start to see a little bit of, you know, problems brewing for them uh, in the future. But, you know, it's not that they can't clean it up because I think they've got the talent to do so. Uh, CJ McCollum, Zion Williamson, Valen Judas, they've got the players 
to dominate. Uh, they just need to clean up these issues in order for those that did they be, or for them to dominate every single game. Um, and even during the Spurs game, and if you watch that game, you might have been saying to yourself, well, I mean, they didn't kick back at all. Those guys had guys right in front of them, and you know they didn't play well. But the Spurs are not a team that's someone you can really look at and say to yourself, okay, that's a good point. Uh, that's a good data point. It's it's a it's a situation where you could see the mistakes they were still making, but they didn't ha- they didn't the Spurs didn't know how to use those mistakes against them. They had tons of opportunities to shoot in the, on the perimeter. They just didn't use any of them. The center came inside and dominated, but they were making more turnovers than the Pelicans were making. So it was about making less mistakes than the Spurs were making, and that's how you start to dominate. But it's still there. That's still a nagging issue. They're going to have to address and work on if you want you know success. Uh, in the NBA, if you want success going down the stretch. Now, obviously, it's not going down the stretch. There's plenty of time to work this all out and, and get to the next level. But those are the things that, you know, when you watch them that I see are the issues with this team. But like I said, I think they've got the pieces necessary to, you know, fix that up, change it, and get to get on the right path once again. All right. That's all we got for today, listeners. Uh, listen, it's a Christmas time, which is awesome. So uh, Merry Christmas, Merry to, Christmas. To, to all. And uh, and we've got like crazy num- crazy amounts of uh, of a- of sports action going on, right? We've got college bowl games kicking up. Yep. We've got a uh, whole weekend of uh, NFL, of the NBA. NFL, NBA. So it's cra- It's a crazy sports weekend in addition to being uh, Christmas. So uh, Merry Christmas to everybody, uh, listeners. We will catch you on uh, on the flip side next week. Hope you have a great weekend, and we'll talk soon. See, See you. God bless.